Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, a 5e actual play adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and we have Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple. Last we left our adventurers, they were camping in a secluded part off the main road on their way to the cultist's campsite. Now, after Lance had unknowingly given away their location with his failed stealth roll, the cultist sought out an opportunity to rise the ranks of the cult by attacking our three adventurers. The group quickly dispatched of them and began interrogating the only survivor. After discovering the layout of the camp and what brought this individual to the cult, they had an ethical debate to know what to do with this captive that they had captured. A lengthy discussion ensued where Fleeple started to doubt his moral compass and Lance, surprisingly, admitted that he had made a mistake and apologized. Now, after raiding the nearby camp, they discovered that the kobolds were missing. And a short conversation later, the group solemnly decided to kill the cultist so they could save the prisoners in the camp. We come upon the group having made this choice, them discovering a weird worm in a box, with Mal summoning a pseudo-dragon familiar to track the kobolds through the forest. So Mal, you're seeing through your dragon, and to clarify from last session, we were unsure if you, after looking at the rules, um, your vision only focuses into the pseudo-dragon, and you have you use the pseudo-dragon's stats to make your perception check. But going off of that roll from last time, you do find yourself tracking the kobolds through the forest with your pseudo-dragon in tow, them running, some of them trying to attack the pseudo-dragon while others are just uh, getting their attention to flee. But none of the territory seems familiar to you. So all the trees and the terrain is, it, it's its random. You, you know that they are heading a southeastern direction, but that's as far as you can get. Okay. We've been running after them. We're chasing after them, right? Still. You had just started, yes. So as you had just started doing this, I'll need somebody to make a survival check for me. I could. I won't be very good at it. I've got pretty good survival. I will guide myself. Okay, so Fleepa wanting to make that survival check. That is going to be... Uh, brain, brain, math, math, 17. 17. So, Fleeple, as all of you are running and assisting each other, and Mal, you joining with your pseudo-dragon and getting into their sight every so often so that you could run, but you're still making sure that your pseudo-dragon is keeping track and with these kobolds. Uh, you being able to communicate with your pseudo-dragon at any time, but just seeing if you can glean anything new from the land. With the 17 Fleeple, you are familiar with kobolds, obviously, because you grew up in a pack, but and as a such, you were able to identify paths that kobolds like to take when they're in pursuit, when they're pursuing somebody, and you are sort of leading Mal and Lance, and as you are leading them, you notice a bush has just been knocked over, and so you, you go that direction, you see kobold footprints in the ground, and this is while you're sprinting, and you see a mud patch over there where there are deep kobold footprints in it, and you feel fairly confident that you've been able to gain on them. And Mal, as you go into your pseudo-dragon's sight at some point, these kobolds have not stopped sprinting. But after a good hour and a half to two hours, you feel that you are gaining on them, but have not quite met up with them yet. 
So at this point, I'd like to ask you what you would like to continue to do or what you, if you'd like to change tactics. Um, if you'd like to keep moving forward, I'll take another survival roll from somebody, but giving you an opportunity to change tactics if that's what you desire. Hmm. I'm good to just roll another survival check if we want. Uh, but if you guys have anything that you'd like to do, I'd be open to that as well. Can I assist him? Yeah. Yeah, you could be there with him. Seeing that Cobalt has taken this initiative and is doing well, um, you could lend your assistance to him to give Fleeple advantage on the roll. I will assist you, Fleeple. Okay, and I will guide myself. Oh, booyah, that's going to be 25. 25. So, Fleeple, this portion you see that they have, they break out of the forest. Just a sharp break. And you almost pivot, completely turn around another 45 degrees away from where you were going currently. Something that you could have easily missed if you weren't paying close attention. The only reason why you're able to find this is there was a big impact against a tree and some familiar claw marks going another direction. And they go back to the main road where they thought they were protected in the underbrush or in the, the foli foliage. The foliage. They headed back to the main road and you book it. And as a result... Understanding that they're going to the main road, you get a shortcut. You don't have to take their direct path. You see if you can try and head them off. And as you do, because you rolled so high, a good hour and a half later, you start to hear some chittering and chattering. And now you go in and out of your find familiar, and you see that some of these trees, some, there's a large tree that's a landmark, so to speak, and you can see that both in your vision and the pseudo-dragon vision. So it looks like you might be coming upon these kobolds fairly quickly here. Excellent roll there, Ned. That was... Oh, thank you. I've been practicing a lot. Yeah. Just in your apartment. Oh, dang it. Dang it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, that, now that we're getting close enough that they're within hearing distance that we're clearly coming up on them, um, I'd like to... Use my pseudo dragon to attack them to try and stop them to hold them up. Okay, so to, to maybe stop them from running, you'd like them to hold their ground, so to speak. Cause chaos or something that jumbles them up from just straight running. Okay, okay. Yeah, what I've happened is I'll have everybody roll initiative with the understanding that you are within 100 feet of these cobalt, these players, and see if you can get these cobalts to stop. So let's all roll initiative here. Booyah. So, let's get initiative orders here. Fleeple, what did you get? 16. 16. Mal? Uh, 9, 10, 11. Nice. Three initiatives. Got it. 11 for me as well. Okay. And your pseudo-dragon? Uh, he has the same initiative as I do. He goes on my turn, and I can forego one of my attacks to allow him to use his reaction to attack. This is my understanding of what I just read. I might house rule that later to do like his own. That way you still get to do stuff. But Mal, your pseudo dragon is first. And you see that you are about 20 feet up above these six kobolds here. Some of them with slings, some of them with uh, one of them with a crossbow that is too big for itself. So it's bulky and awkward. But what would you like to do? Um, he is going to target the first kobold that's running at the head of the group. That way everybody sees this pseudo dragon swoop down and attack him. Great. Let's go ahead and roll an attack for your pseudo-dragon. And he is going to... It's pseudo-dragon, not my turn, or is it my turn and I can forego my attack because I'm 100 feet away to give him two attacks? I imagine you don't... I, I just imagine that you'd rather you'd rather catch up. And since we're in combat now, I'd I imagine you'd, take, you'd want to take the run and the dash action 
instead of foregoing one of your actions. But if you want to hold back to give him two attacks... I'm going to do that. You're just going to fall further behind from Fleeple and Lance. They're going to be much further than you. Lance in particular. All right, sounds good. Yeah, so then you can give them two attacks. You will just be 30 feet behind um, your party members. All right, um, he's going to bite and sting the first kobold. So his bite is a natural 19 plus four is 23. Okay, that's a hit. Um, and then his sting is a 19. Uh, that's also a hit. So his bite attack does five damage and his sting attack does. So before he does a sting attack, as he bites into this cobalt right into the shoulder, the cobalt just uh, seizes up. It's surprised. And you looking through your familiar's eyes and just having this feeling, the cobalt goes limp and just falls to the ground. Can I still have him sing another one then? New roll or same roll? We'll keep the roll. It's fine. You roll over and uh, you not roll over. You fly over to another one. The next one in line. This one does three piercing damage and the target must make a constitution save. It's going to be an 18. Well, that saves. Okay. Sounds good. A half damage or? No. If it's under 11, they become poisoned for an hour. If the saving throw fails by five or more, the target falls unconscious for an hour. All right, so first Cobalt down and just screeches out in pain and falls. And Lance and Fleeple, you hear this agony cry and you hear just this chittering and chattering of chaos in front of you. There seems to be some sort of commotion going on and and Mal falls 30 feet behind you while you are pursuing these people in particular. All right, so three damage to that creature. And to our listeners, I do understand that the pseudo-dragon is not traditionally a find familiar, but uh, with only three party members and with a dragon campaign, I uh, overruled it and made it a house. It's uh, because I have a fiend patron. I'm allowed to have a pseudo-dragon, an imp, and a quasi also as a find familiar. Yeah, that too, listeners. So We didn't have to bend any rules. We're doing this all legally. And I knew that as well. (laughs) (laughs) So Lance and Fleeple, you're just heading straight towards the sound of this commotion, correct? Yes. Let's see. These other five kobolds, they are going to try to unload on the pseudo dragon here. So the one right at it, that is a, that is a 19 to hit. That sure hits. Okay. Then there is a nine to hit. Miss. Okay, a 11 to hit. Miss. A 23 to hit. Barely, just got there. And a 17 to hit. And that also hits, so three of them hit. Sounds good, three of the five hit for a total of, oh, not great, for 12 points of damage. Uh, He poofs into a cloud of smoke. Okay, so the first dagger slash and you feel just this pain course through your pseudo dragon. Another one stabs right into its side uh, and then there are a couple of them throw rocks at it and then the last one throws a rock right into its head and as it throws it into its head, darkness and you feel that your pseudo dragon has moved on to the other side. Unfortunately, your pseudo dragon is no more for now. But we'll go back to the top of the round. Fleeple, you've been running, right? And so Lance... So my, my understanding is that you would take your 30, 30, 30, right? Okay. Since you were 100 feet away when this was all initiated, Lance, this round you just booked it and you're only like 20 feet away from the kobolds. Fleeple, you are 50 feet away from the kobolds when you begin your turn. We're at the top of an initiative. 
Fleeples go, 50 feet away from the closest cobalt. Okay, so in anticipation of the fact that Lance is really close, I'm going to drop a fairy fire on these guys. Nice. Okay, so, and how many people does that get? Just all of them if they're in... Within a 20-foot cube, yeah. Okay, and what kind of a save is it? That is a dex save. DC... Oh, goodness, I should have this memorized. 13. It is your DC, you know, but, you know. (laughs) Okay, dex save. Ooh, okay. So I got a 17, a 16, a 22, a 17, and a 7. All right, well, one of them is glowing. (laughs) One of them is glowing. (laughs) And the one that is not injured is... The one that is injured is not glowing, so one of them at full health is the one that's glowing right now. Okay, so that was your action, right? Or is that a bonus action? Uh, That would be my full action. Okay, sounds good. So then you move 30 feet closer. Correct. So now you are only 20 feet away from the kobolds right now, uh, just 10 feet away from Lance. Fairy fire (laughs) erupts amongst all of them, but most of the kobolds wave it away while one just seems to somehow it envelops them. So, And I would like to just kind of yell out to them in Draconic, Hey guys, they're coming from the other side. We gotta change direction. Go ahead and roll a deception check with disadvantage. Disadvantage. Well, I'm definitely going to be doing guidance on that. Uh, is uh, guidance an action? Probably, yeah. Okay, no guidance. That's going to be a nine. Nine. Okay, we'll see what they... Mm. Not very intelligent. So four of them look to you, Fleeple, and they seem to like hear your words and be like, Oh! But the one that's injured that just is like wiping the blood off is just holding a dagger out and just staring at everybody around him and sees you and Lance and is maybe not buying it necessarily. So what did you exactly tell them, Ned? I said we need to start running in a different direction because they're coming from the other side. So you're trying to change you're trying to change the way they're looking or? Yeah, ultimately, just kind of hoping to confuse them so that they stop moving. Gotcha. Well, they have stopped moving for sure. And Lance, it is your go. All right. How far away am I from them all? You are 10 feet from them. I am going to... How many have fairy fire on them? One of them. One's injured, one has fairy fire, and three don't have fairy fire. Okay. I'm going to... If they have stopped, I'm going to veer off to the side and in some kind of bushes or something. I'm going to bonus action hide. Great. Go and roll stealth. So they look around and they see you, and then you go, oh, and you run over to a bush, dive in. That is going to be 23. Okay. We'll see if you hid well enough, which you probably did, but... (laughs) And what I'm going to do is I'm going to... I'm going to attack one of the non-wounded ones who has fairy fire. Who does have fairy fire? Okay, how many kobolds are there total? I'm confused by this. Yeah, sorry. There are five kobolds. One of them was injured. One of them has fairy fire, and three are just normal. No conditions on that. Then I will attack one of them with no fairy fire, then. Great. Go ahead and roll with advantage, sir. Oh! Oh! That was a three and a four. Oh, that's terrible. So the t- the highest I rolled was a nine. Yeah, that's a miss. As you throw a dagger. Wait, is it a dagger or a bow? My bow. It's my bow. Okay, sounds good. As you shoot your bow through the bushes, you felt sufficiently hidden, but they knew an area to look. And as they saw the arrow fly out, they all just dove out of the way and just 
flies overhead, no damage, and you have revealed your position. You used your bonus, you used your action, and part of your movement. So, unless you wanted to move closer or farther away. No, I'm just going to... I'm going to try... I'm going to keep moving a little bit more with whatever movement I have remaining to try and do, like, a little bit of a surround so it feels like they can't just, like, oh, well, let's run that way because they're all facing that way. So, I'm going to move around um, them so that we can kind of... So that Ellie, like Fleeple's on one side of this group of kobolds, and I'm, I probably can't get to the whole other side, but like close ish to that. Yeah, so we'll say that you running into the bushes, hiding, you could spend another maybe 15 bit of movement to at least be level with them, if that makes sense. So you're not ahead of them, but you're, if they were to start running, you'd be keeping pace with them. Uh, yeah, I'm cutting off. They can't go toward Fleeple, and now to the left, they'd have to go through me. Understood. Mal, it is now your go. You are 70 feet away from the action. I will send an Eldritch Blast at the one that it looked like Lance was aiming for and missed. Okay, sounds good. So maybe he's distracted enough. Maybe he's run 30 feet forward. Eldritch Blast is 120 feet. Nice. Okay. So I'll move my full I'll move my full movement still closer, but Eldritch Blast is 120 feet. Sounds good. So you, after moving your 30 feet of movement, you're 40 feet away. So you're going to shoot an Eldritch Blast to the one to the one that Lance was shooting at. Great. Now, there is one with Fairy Fire. There's one that damaged, and he was doing the one that was just regular. So if you're doing the one that Lance was going at, it'd just be a singular roll. So go ahead and roll. I would feel really good about if you went up for the one that had Fairy Fire, but that's okay. Does it, how long does Fairy Fire last? So Fairy Fire is like an hour. Or a minute, and it gives you advantage on all attack rolls. <laughs> it's an hour or a minute? A minute. In battle, same thing. <laughs> I was purposely going for the one that didn't because then it'll be easier <laughs> to get the other ones. Okay, time to forget fairy fire. <laughs> no, 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 no. I appreciate fairy fire. I just am trying to do the hype. Advantage is so good. Okay, let me retract. <laughs> No, do do do. So if we were like out in the open, fairy fire would be great for me. So Mal is gonna (laughs) run forward her full thirty feet, shoot a hundred and twenty foot eldritch blast at the one with fairy fire on it. All right, go ahead and roll. My advantage was a lot better the first time. Uh, Does a fourteen hit a kobold? Fourteen does hit. Okay, good. So I was gonna be real mad about that. And that's five force damage to him. Five, as you unleash this Eldritch Blast and it just envelops your hand and just sails through towards the Kobold. It impacts the Kobold right in the side of the face and it just disperses the fairy fire into the air as the Kobold falls limp and dead on the ground there. So two of the six Kobolds have been dispatched. Four others are still standing. Mal, I believe that's all you can do unless you have a bonus action that you can do. So we have the four kobolds left there and it is now their go. They, let's see, they are, yeah, they are going to, okay, so the one that's injured is going to limp run the direction that he was already going. So that's and just spend his full 60 feet going that direction. The other three were definitely thrown off by another kobold popping out of nowhere and talking to them in their own accent and telling them they had to run a different direction. So they're a little bit confused, but they do see where Lance is, and so they're going to try and lob a couple attacks towards him. So that is going to be three to Lance. 
Got a natural one. Got a five. And a 19. So, Lance, is a 19 hit? Yeah. Okay. So that is going to be four points of bludgeoning damage. And the two that missed, they're going to look at you, Fleeple, and they're going to go, Yeah, are these guys friends of yours? Tell them to stand down. Stand down, man. Guys, I don't even know what's going on here. It's just crazy. And so, well, that's their turn. Trying to get in touch with Fleeple, and we go to the top around, and Fleeple, it's your go. All right, I'm going to rush in towards them, so I'm, like, right up next to one of the guys, and I'm like, dude, this is crazy, I don't... And I trip, and I fall, and as I do, I cast Thunder Wave in a 15-foot cube in front of me. Okay. So that's going to be a constitution saving throw for uh, from these guys. For the three of them. Okay, and that's a 13, you said, that they had to save? Yep. Okay, constitution... Well, they have a negative one to their constitution, so so that's a 16, a 4, and a 5. All right, so the one guy saves. It's going to be 2d8 thunder damage. Dang, it's only 6. Okay, so the uh, two fail. As the two fail, the ones that were talking to you, what was going on? You're like, man, I don't... And as you trip, just clap your hands and just this... Reverberates and they go flying in the air. And as they go flying in the air, their bodies are just rag dolls, just just falling, flying everywhere. While the other one is uh, holds his ground and just uh, doesn't get pushed anywhere, but does take three points of damage. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, takes three points of damage. Looking really hurt, really bad, and is surprisingly convinced you are not on his side. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I mean, shocker, right? Uh, Flaple, anything else on your turn? I'm just, you know, nah. I think that'll do it for me. Okay, okay, sounds good. We go to Lance. All right, so Flaple just blasted two of them to nowhere. You see... Like a bad physics simulation in a video game. Exactly, like a 20-foot arc. (laughs) One of them's wounded there, and then there's another one who just ran away. I'm going to do my speedy thing, and I'm going to run after the one who's already running. So, very Naruto, just 60 feet back, and and, uh, you are able to make your attack, sir. All right. Am I able to catch up fully to him? So, he ran 60. If I do run, bonus action, that's 60 feet. Yes, but you weren't right next to him to begin with, so you can't can't do melee, but you are within, like, you're within, like, 10 to 15 feet. All right. Then I just got to shoot him. Okay. Go for it. Just a regular roll. Come on. Oh, that's not the best. 13. Wait. No, no. It's actually worse. It's 12. 12 just hits. Oh, man. Terrible attack rolls tonight. All right. That's with my short bow. Yeah, with advantage. I can't believe you got a nine. Yeah, it was a three and a four. That's a... Yes, that's going to be a seven damage to the guy running. Uh, how do you want to do that to this kobold? It's just whenever I have my bow, I got to do it. I look, and I do a front flip, whoosh, roll, pull the bow, and then go, both eyes open. And I send it straight into his back. <laughs> so the the arrow flies straight through the kobold, uh, almost going completely through him, but falls limp as well, leaving the one kobold that is pretty close to Fleeple. And Mal, we come to you. I will continue. I'll use my 30 feet to get closer, but shoot another Eldridge Blast at him. Okay. You summon this bluish reddish flame and you let it go. Uh, 21. Wow. Ye- yeah. All right. Go and do damage. 
When I not when I don't roll with advantage, apparently I do a lot better. Two points of damage. <laughs> How do you want to do this? That's too bad. This is one that would have been hit by the thunder wave. The thunder wave that just stopped trusting Fleeple all suddenly. As a kobold stands up on his shaky little legs and is glaring right at Fleeple, right over Fleeple's shoulder comes this boom, blue energy and just hits him right in the chest and sends him flying again. And his ground, his body hits the ground and goes... Still. So as Fleeple was hoping to send all three in the same direction, you noticing that the third one held his ground, Mal, you follow up and, and also flies that 20-foot arc and lands right next to his compatriots. The battle over. Wow. That was good work. I, I'm i impressed you guys caught up to them. That was... Uh, that was... Within the realm of possibility, and you did it. Yeah, like I Wait said, out. I've been practicing my survival roles. <laughs> Just in, in your apartment. Guidance. Okay. Guidance. Okay. So, we're out of battle. You have been running for a good three to four hours now, and it's the toll has definitely been taken on your body. You are very tired. Lance, you're the only one that got a really full night's rest. So, Fleeple and Mal, although you did get some rest, this extra exertion really took it out of you here. But you find yourself amongst these corpses to yourself. What time of the day is it? I would say it's very close to sunrise. Like, you are just, if you notice, like, if you look around, you're just noticing now that the light is beginning to change. Did we, did that scout tell us how far south of the... Or how much farther to the camp? Yeah, the scout confirmed what you had found out when you were actually in Greenest. And when you had bedded down for the night, you were about five hours away from the camp. Okay, so we're like three, two hours outside of it? Yeah, I would say two max away from the camp. (sighs) So, we're like two hours away. Should we go scout? Or do we need to to rest and go into camp when we're rested? Well, the urgent thing to do was to catch up with these guys, so now that that's taken care of, I think we have a bit of time to ourselves. And Lance, you saunter over at this time as well. I agree. Agree Agree with what? What's going on? Oh, to take a breather, take a little rest, and um, continue on to the camp uh, in a little bit. I agree with the rest. I was a little... A little... A little... I was a little cockney. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry, England. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little wounded in that battle, so I think a rest would would be wise. So we're on the main road again. Can we just go off the road? Is there tree coverage or bush coverage? Uh, yeah, the forest is still pretty dense around the road, so you could probably find within reasonable accommodations to find yourself a campsite and make one if you'd like. I just imagined we look over to the side and there's an inn. Oh, look, the inn. It's called Reasonable Accommodations. <laughs> <laughs> Bacon with free Wi-Fi and a pool. <laughs> and they just saw you murder a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that in mind, uh, I won't make everybody take another full rest, obviously, even though it was interrupted. So you'll probably only need another two hours worth to for Fleeple and Mal to fully recover with their hit points and... 
I know Mal gets all of her spells in a short rest, but Fleeple needed a long rest to get all of his spells. So we'll say without issue and without the danger of the kobolds returning to camp, you find a nice little spot with Lance on the lookout. I'll roll a hit dice to kind of heal up a little bit. Perfect. Well, it, yeah, it works. I'm full health again. It worked. So after a good two hours with the sun sufficiently risen, you wake up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. What would you like to do? Uh, Mal would like to re-ritual uh, re cast Find Familiar. Okay. Now, Mal, do you have the material components for that? Oh, it does have a gold. So no, I will not. We will get you those components soonish, though. I found the incense in the dirt. The kobolds left it behind. <laughs> Look, reasonable accommodations. <laughs> reasonable accommodations. <laughs> it's like the room of requirement, just wherever you go. So? Uh, so, yes, what exactly is the plan here for us to, to go into the camp? I, I know I'm wearing this cultist outfit. I have the necklace on. Um, did we get... We got one for you, Mal, Malamara, correct? I have one, yes. And we all have the... Symbol. Pendant, yes. yes. So we're going to waltz into the camp uh, and pretend that we're cultists. And what are we doing? Are we just freeing the prisoners and running away? What's the plan here? I don't want us to get to, to another showdown where we don't have a plan. I look at Fleeple, side-eyed. <laughs> if we get into the belly of the beast, then we're probably going to want to try and avoid conflict as much as possible. So if we can try and do it sneaky-like, that would probably be to our advantage. Well, that's why I was wondering if we could maybe just pose as initiates. Maybe, I think they call them a dragon claw or cultist initiative. Like, maybe we heard them somewhere nearby and was like, hey, that sounds great. And so I thought maybe if we just went in and said maybe we'd be grunts put to work for a couple of days, find out the layout of the camp, find out where the prisoners are, who we're looking for, and then come up with a plan to escape. Sneakiness is, might not Fleeple be our, our best uh, bet right now, because if we're trying to disguise ourselves, but then sneaking around, that's a little bit of a dead giveaway. Yeah, so if we can get inside and gain intel while we look as if we're part of this group, then that'll probably give us some information on how we might want to remove them, whether we want to do that under the light of the day or under the dark of the night, as it were. So we're, just to clarify, we're just looking for prisoners. We're not going after the leader. We're just looking for the prisoners, freeing the prisoners. And uh, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know exactly how we're supposed to approach this, because if we go in, we get the prisoners out. By some point, they'll know the prisoners are gone and they'll pursue us and we'll have a crap ton of people with us. Maybe it's only the greenest people. I don't know that they took very many prisoners from greenest, and that's where our bounty's technically from. But maybe we could get information on Mondath, what Lenathon's doing, what the scouts said. They've been there for six plus months. So, so are, are we there for information, for people, or for both? I think first we're here for information, then we're here for people. So pe the prisoners are the secondary objective. If we have information, that will help us know how to save the prisoners. I think maybe just see what kind of work we get and see, because we might have zero information on leaders and are only working with prisoners or vice versa. Because if we don't get the prisoners back, then we, we don't get paid. 
Correct. But I also feel like only getting people out might do a disservice if they try and come back to Greenest. If we don't know what their plans are or what they're trying to do, then they're just going to come back and take the prisoners anyway, or just burn down the city and take no prisoners. I don't know if we'll be able to devise a good plan either way until we know what it looks like inside that place. Maybe we could try and get to the perimeter right right now, and we'll go from there. Should we come up with some place that we are maybe recruited? He said that scouts were sent out to recruit people. I don't know this area very well. Um, do you know other towns, Flable? You've lived here your entire, well, not entire life, a long time, I would imagine. Do you know any other areas around here that we could say we're from? Well, perhaps a history check would give me some information. Go and roll a history check there. All right. And I'll guide myself as per usual. Ah, yes, that's looking good. That is going to be a 22. 22. So you do recall, Fleeple, with your 22 that you rolled, uh, that in the land of Faerun, you are very south compared to most of the continent here, or most of the Sword Coast, to the point where there's actually not a lot of metropolis towns. There are some little villages that wouldn't even be on a map, but there are some other trading post towns. One of them is uh, Burdusk, Beragost, which is closer to the coast, but the closest major hub or metropolis is Baldur's Gate, which you do recall the cultist said that he was recruited from there as well. Yeah, and that's a large enough place and full of enough shady characters that it'd be probably be pretty easy to pull off being from that place. Yeah, if, if you've heard the name Baldur's Gate, it's hard to not know it's just that it is the seed of villainy, scum and villainy. So if we say that we're from Baldur's Gate, that'll probably be our best bet. Excellent. Just want to make sure we had our story straight. Okay. All right, let's... I say we... Go ahead and scout it out. All right. Or, or rather, you guys are from Baldur's Gate. I'm from the Southwood. Kobolds don't often come from cities. Gotcha. All right, let's go. Okay. So are you following along the path? Probably. You probably make us look the least suspicious. Were we following the path before we met up with all this crap? You were. You were You were going along the main road. So what are your marching order as you were traveling? I'm probably, so just in general, my characterization, I'm going to start acting a lot more brutish, a lot more kind of timid. Like I'm, you know, these are the humans. I'm just the flunky kobold that they get to boss around. So you you are taking on a role right now is what you're saying. Okay. Sounds good. I'll, I'll take the lead, I guess. So Lance is in the lead and Fleeple with that, are you lagging behind then? Mm, I'd say I'm maybe like... Just barely ahead of Mal, but very close to being the last in line. Like, kind of side by side. Process of elimination, Mal, you'd be the last one then. Sure. That's fine. Okay. So, as you are making your way down this road, I need everybody to roll me a perception check. Guidance as usual. 12. 16. Natural 20. Oh, for a total of? Uh, 20. 20. 20. <laughs> Fleeple, you taking on a roll, you still are keeping your eye out, just passively scanning the horizon and Lance. As you're walking forward, uh, leading the group, you're, you're allowing yourself to sort of passively take everything in. 
Mal, being frustrated that your familiar is gone, you can't bring it back right now, you use that frustration to get your mind off of this. And at a particular spot in the road, you find that there is about a good 20 yards from where you currently are at. There are two large boulders that are near the road. And it's not an unusual structure by any means, but what does bring your attention to this is that you see a humanoid face peering down from one of the rocks, watching you as you walk towards this. Okay, so we are going to walk in between these rocks, and on top of one of them, there's somebody watching. Yeah, and it's like you barely see it. You only see it because they shifted. Uh, it looks like they were a little uncomfortable and they are pressed as far into the rock as they possibly can. Okay, uh, Mal will speed up her step just a little bit so she's closer, even closer to Lance and in a very quiet voice, trying to not let it carry in the echo of the rocks. Lance, there's a guy up on the rock. What? Can you see him? <laughs> what? <Watch>. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and like with her eyes, she'll glance up in that direction. And can you see him? Lance will try and do the same thing with his eyes, <laughs> like really awkwardly, like looking up, but then looking down and looking up and looking down. I'm chewing on a root. If you're still walking, you're about 15 yards from the location as well. If you have continued to walk a little bit, I, I maybe we should be prepared for an ambush. Do you want? Do you want? Should we stop walking? What do you want? What do you want me to do here? 12 yards. I'm just wondering, should we... Ow, I stubbed my toe! <laughs> Stop. Oh, Lance, I ah, hope you're okay. Ah. Uh, Mal will kneel down to look at his foot, and she'll whisper the same information to Fleeple. Uh, Lance, roll a deception check with advantage. With advantage? <laughs> okay, I was like, I don't think that's disadvantage. <laughs> well, right. Mal is helping you with how, even though it was incredibly obvious. That's an eight. So while Mal is assisting and Fleeple comes up, Fleeple, this information is passed to you fairly quickly. All right. I want to try and get a bead on, is this guy going to be happy that we're cultists or angry that we're cultists? Go ahead and roll. Mm, yeah, go ahead and roll an insight check then. All right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's say 13. 13. Due to the nature of him being so close to the rock and it being like milliseconds, your your glances, you're looking around and uh, you're not able to stare at them directly as they are actively observing you. It's difficult to understand or to really gauge what this person's affiliation in is if you would be able to play off this cultist persona that you are trying to put on. But what you do gather is that, well, you don't necessarily gather this so much as you see them stand up with a crossbow and they level it at you and two others on the other boulder stand up as well and one stands up behind this person as well and that's where we'll end this week's episode of i cast fireball Ooh. all right <laughs>
you go. And Fleeple's so happy that, you know, all of us just don't have any secrets anymore and that we can be open. <laughs> we, we really appreciate, and I hope it showed that we really appreciated that fairy fire. It was such a vital, <laughs> yeah. a vital I'm part really to sorry. that fight. We really, really used it to its full advantage. <laughs> Uh, Over, overall, though, I am surprised we caught up to these guys. Well, I was really shocked that you guys were able to actually catch up to them. I had written, like, okay, if they do this, they'll get a fourth of the way there. Mm-hmm. If they get five over, they'll get a third of the way there. And that 25 was real helpful. No. And if they just well, 25, they'll have caught up all the way. Ned, your dice-throwing exercises are really helping out. Dude, I'm going to help him with guys. survival. I was thinking, and then it's like, I wonder, like, how is that? Like, there's a tree. Oh, look at that bush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're sprinting. <laughs> Is that a footprint? Is that a footprint? <laughs> <laughs> you smell that? It smells like cobalt. Come on. Well, we'll see how it turns out and uh, who these yahoos are in our next episode. Thanks for joining us on this adventure, everybody. We really appreciate you joining us for this adventure that we have for Tyranny of Dragons. It really... I say this every week, but I really do mean it, that it means the world to us that you would take some time to listen to us having fun around a table and exploring and telling a story together. Uh, If you wanted to reach out to us and tell us we're doing a good job, feel free to either leave us a five-star review on your podcast service of choice or shoot us an email at icastfireball2020 at gmail.com. We really would just like to hear what adventures you've got going on or what you've liked about the adventure or who your favorite character is or uh, who would you like to see in a battle royale at this point. Just random stuff like that. Maybe we'll do a battle royale at some point. Who knows? But it does mean the world to us and we just really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. Now, as always, to get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here, follow us on our Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20. There, you can listen to sneak peeks of upcoming episodes. We do little sound bites every single week, or interesting insights from the players in Dungeon Master, and, of course, behind-the-scenes shops of us making this incredibly fun world. Now, don't forget our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where our resident kobold, Ned, takes a turn as a game master and runs through many one-month adventures using the Fate-accelerated tabletop system. Whether you like tabletop games, improvisation, or even pirate sea shanties, which adventure they just recently finished up, go ahead and give them a listen, and don't forget to review them as well. Lastly, like, subscribe, and share with all your friends and fellow wacky adventurers, but until next time, I'm Thomas, your dungeon master, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance the Hillen. And Fleepo. Good night, everybody. <laughs>